Hey everyone, welcome to the 20 Minute Marketing Podcast. I hope you are having a great week and thank you for joining us on episode 79 of the show. My name is Liam and during the show I chat with guest experts on lots of different topics including SEO, content, PPC, branding and more. Anyone that has listened before will know that my time as host is sadly coming to an end soon. Last month I made the decision to move agency side and I now work at a company called Blue Array as an SEO manager. But before that happened we recorded nine episodes of this podcast to take us up to episode number 80 for the show. Once that happens next week someone from Reach will most likely come in and take over as host in the near future. Might not be straight away but look out for those future episodes uh, which will be coming soon hopefully. So yeah this week's episode is number 79. It's the penultimate episode of the show. So today we are joined by Dave Harland, aka The Wordman, who is one of the best copywriters in the world, in my opinion. He's also the funniest person that I'm connected with on LinkedIn, and his stories never fail to make me smile, regardless of my mood. You might also know Dave from his recent talk on the marketing meetup. I think it was last month. Um, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity because everyone went nuts after that speech, and rightly so. Dave was all over LinkedIn, and everyone was shouting about him. Um, I know that that's on YouTube, so if you do enjoy this episode and you want to watch that as well, then search Dave's name and I'm sure you'll find it on there. So yeah, let's get started. Hi Dave, welcome to the show and how's it going? Um, Cheers for the intro mate, very kind words there. Um, Going brilliantly, yeah, professionally. I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm in the the best space I've ever been really um, in terms of my writing and personally I'm moving out in two days buying our first house together, maybe right. So yeah, really excited for that. So all good, all good. Yeah, congratulations. I'm sure that'll be fun and exciting for you. Um, I did give a quick intro, but could you spend around 60 seconds telling us about yourself and what you do in the copywriting world, please? Yeah, sure. So I'm a freelance copywriter. I've been working um, for myself now for the past five years. I go by the rather pathetic superhero name of the word man. I haven't got very many uh, superhero powers apart from being able to come up with good alternatives of words, I suppose. Yeah, I, I pretty much um, work 50-50 with agencies and businesses directly. Um, with businesses, it's coming up with their tone of voice, could be any flyers they've got, website copy. I'm a pure generalist, so there's no holds barred, really. Uh, and then with the agencies, it could be working on the agency's website or on behalf of of them for their clients really so yeah that's me in a nutshell awesome sounds good so i've got some good questions for you around how you got into copywriting and your approach to writing and some stuff like that so let's dive into the main section of our chat and get started so you've given us a quick introduction on where your career is right now dave let's go back to the start of your career if we could I'd love to know when your love of words started and how that led to a full-time career in copywriting. Yeah, so I've been I've been writing ever since I was a really kind of really young, I suppose. It was on my, my about page on my website. I got a little story about how my dad got me into Scrabble when I was six, and I started. You know, it didn't take long for me to me to, to grow my vocabulary and start you know trouncing him week in week out, and I think that was where I really kind of fell in love with the word side of things. And then the writing, yeah, just that grew from there, writing poems for my family members and, I don't know, little stories whenever I could get a chance. I was reading everything I could get my hands on. 
So um, that kind of love of English and love of writing continued in school. And then I did like local um, or work experience on my local paper, which was really good. And, you know, I was like, yeah, hard set on journalism now. So I did my degree in journalism. Um, so that was a yeah really intense three-year course. I learned the fundamentals of, of writing, really. So writing news articles, features, editorials, a little bit of sport as well. So that was a really nice kind of introduction into, I suppose, storytelling, which is a nice link to what I do today. It's probably the most, um, you know, the most apt um, link or skill to what I do today, which is the storytelling side of things. Um, so after I graduated, I I became an editor of a customer magazine for a company um, here near Liverpool, and that was writing all sorts of. Um, it could be anything from health and beauty articles to you know, the letters page of the magazine. It was like a, a woman's own or Bella or best style magazine, which did the MD at the time thought it was a bit nuts because I was like this big 18 stone rugby player going into, um, yeah, to be the editor of a women's magazine. But yeah, they, they, they took a chance because they liked my writing style. Um, and at that point, I never really knew what copywriting was, which was, I suppose, a lot of people like, um, become copywriters. They they kind of just fall into it, really. Um, so it was only about three years into my stint at that company. The the uh, the marketing director was like, "You're doing a, you're doing the uh, the magazine or the yeah the customer magazine. Why don't you try writing some of our customer emails or customer letters?" So that that's where I first really got into the copy side of things. Did a few little courses and yet never looked back. Really um, spent about five more years writing for them in house, and then had the opportunity to work on some freelance projects. So, um, yeah, grasped them um, with both hands and thought, wow, I can really kind of make a living here. On the, so at the start, it was I can make a little bit of a living on the side as well, so supplement my salary. And then as I did more of it, I grew my portfolio, and then it was like, look, I'm, I'm probably earning more on the side than I was in my salary, and that's when I knew it was a no-brainer. Um, and then I went freelance, yeah. So I've been freelance now for five years and love it, love every minute. That's awesome. I really love inviting guests to join us on the show that are smashing it and then finding out how it all started and what inspired you to sort of take your career up. One question that I think would be really interesting to ask you is how your career has developed over time and how your writing's improved. Um, so anyone who subscribes to your newsletter or follows you on social media will know that you're crushing it and they might think, oh, well, I'll never be able to write as well as Dave. Um, so it'd be cool to hear about how your copy has changed over time and some of the things that you've picked up along the way that maybe add to the way that you write and tell stories. I mean, yeah, it's def definitely adapted over time. The stuff I write today that I would never have written, so even like three, three or four... Four years ago, it's just I just wouldn't have written it um, in that style. I suppose my style today is it's as you said at the start, um, it, it's deeply rooted in humour. So there's a lot of satire and silliness and and um, sarcasm. All these words, beginning with S, sarcasm, um, a little bit surreal, I suppose as well. Wow, there's another one for for S words. And yeah, I, I just wouldn't have, wouldn't have written like that a few years ago. But I mean, I'm influenced from everywhere, so most of the stories that I put out that they have a kind of deep-rooted influence from stuff that's happened to me in my personal life, whether that's something my family said to me or whether that's you know something that's happened to me in my childhood or something that happened to me last week. It could only take like a little weird, strange phrase for me to go, ah, oh, that, that'll make a nice story. That Whereas four years ago, five years ago, I probably wasn't thinking like that. I was thinking a little bit more 
kind of copy focused, if you like. Oh, this is all, I've got a right to persuade. This is, it's all got to have a call to action. It's all got to be really kind of formulaic. Whereas even though on that market and meetup talk that I did last month, I, I gave three formulas for writing story. They're all really, really loose formulas. It's basically, you know, find you can find a story in anything. If you, if you, if you can spot the weird in the most normal things, that's where the magic lies. So, yeah, the, the stuff I do now is, is definitely adapted from, from from a few years ago. But yeah, I, I mean, even before I got into before I got into, got into the copy game, it was it was journalism. I always knew that the, that intro of the story had to be a compelling hook. It was the headline of my news article. It was the opening line. And if if you lose people there, if you lose the reader in a headline or the intro, your article's dead. You're not going to get people to, to to read it. So. I think that kind of influence as well has always stuck with me to make whatever I do in, in, in the kind of copy game, certainly in the long copy game where I'm writing stories, it's got to have that hook. Yeah, absolutely. And you can tell that a lot of thought goes into everything that you do put out, both in your email and on social media. I wanted to talk about the definition of copywriting then and where you briefly mentioned that you weren't quite sure what it was when you first started. I think that's quite interesting. I actually subscribe to two email newsletters that are focused on copy. One is yours and the other is Honey Copy by Cole Schaefer, who joined us on the show a very long time ago for episode 18. And he was recently on a big YouTube talk that has about 100,000 views um, where he was asked the difference between copywriting and creative writing. Um, And I thought that that was a pretty cool question. So I thought I'd ask you for your perspective as well. Yeah, I mean, they're almost identical apart from with copy there's that sales element you, you're writing with 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 creative writing and storytelling it's just it's purely entertainment isn't it it's it's writing to, to entertain whereas the copywriting side it's got to have that um the call to action or even if it's not a direct call to action like buy now or you know click here you're planting the seed you're making people think or feel differently about the product or service that you're selling but yeah, the fundamentals, back to back to what I was saying about the journalism, the fundamentals are probably si- quite similar to journalism as well. In fact, you're just telling a story, aren't you? It, it's, it's making sure that it's got a, a, a nice intro to, to kind of hook people in. And with creative writing, you've got to have that narrative, the story arc, um, you know, it goes up and down, ebbs and flows, and you bring in your characters and your conflict and your climax at the end. And yeah, they're all really similar, but the, the copy only really comes into play when you hit that, that kind of final line when it's you're either delivering your call to action and that can come a little bit earlier don't get me wrong but you know you can plant little seeds about you know a product's quality or it's um it's durability or or, or whatever as you as you're talking about the um talking about it within the story but yeah it's the it's that kind of sales element which sets the two apart yeah, cool. I definitely notice a difference when I look at your storytelling and how you word things compared with um, other people who are a bit more direct and use those standard terms like buy now, click here, etc. Yeah, I think certainly with calls to action, you can look at it two ways. When you're, when you're working on, say, a website, if you go a little bit too wacky and stray from the norm, you know, buy now, shop here, click here, you know, learn more. If you go a little bit nuts and and the calls to action bear no resemblance to those really kind of, you know, expected simple terms or t- simple phrases. It can it can kind of do yourself some harm because the, the the reader or the user or whatever you want to call them doesn't doesn't know what you want them to do. So I'd say always 
keep things rooted in clarity. But if you can have a little bit of fun with that as well. So rather than just saying buy now, you could say if it was like something to do with a, I don't know, like a horror story or sort of like a, a new a, 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 a ghost train or something opening in a theme park, you know, it'd be like buy now if you dare, let click here if you dare. It'd just be that those extra little touches of tone that you could add in. It still makes it clear what you want the, the, the reader to do, but it's a bit of a kind of balance. And I, I've been on websites where you see the button and it's like, you know, com- completely, it's so wacky. You're like, where the, you don't even know what page you're going, you're going to end up on, let, let alone what the kind of phrase means. So you've got to be, got to be careful. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, so we've mentioned your presentation on the marketing meetup a couple of times. One thing that stood out when I watched that is your WTF moment. Um, I try to keep my language clean, so um, I'll call it the WTF moment, but you're more than welcome to say the full version of it if you want. But could you quickly give our listeners a quick overview of that concept, please? Yeah, sure. And I'll, I'll add here to the no swear rule because I, I broke that rule quite a few times on the marketing meetup, which I should have, should have perhaps put a parental advisory sticker on the, the talk because there's a few people saying that their kids were getting ready for school and they heard, they overheard me, you know, effing and jeffing in the background. So, yeah, I won't, I won't use the word. But, yeah, that, that WTF moment, as humans, we're, we're fascinated by the weird, the wonderful, the unknown. It, it's why we, you know, why we slow down for car crashes and it's why we push big red buttons that say don't push this button. So, yeah, it, it brought me to kind of this technique that if you can make your opening line make people think you know what the hell is this where is he going with this straight away in that split second you've caught their attention and um, providing you can deliver uh, and it's not just a you know a clickbaity type headline which leads nowhere providing whatever your intro line has has a you know a really powerful payoff at the end it's you know it's it's win-win because you've not only you've not only um, enticed them in with with that with that line but you've you know you put your money where your mouth is and you've delivered at the end so it's just a, a nice way of yeah making people think you know what the hell's going on here. Works brilliantly in storytelling and so on on social media as well. As people are scrolling through, if you can write that line, which really makes people go, "Wow, what's this?" Poof, they're going to stop rather than just we're delighted to announce we've just you know launched this new product, which will stop nobody at all. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so much noise online now that those opening sentences are massive when it comes to pulling people in and standing out. So speaking of those stories, let's talk about your social media posts, um, particularly LinkedIn. Do those big ideas come to you naturally now that uh, you've done quite a lot of them? Or is there a big formula or planning process that happens behind the scenes that we don't get to see sort of when you're building out those stories and, and creating them for us? Yeah, there's, there's no planning process as such. I mean, once I've got the idea, there are certain processes I'll follow to, you know, again, on the market meetup, I touched on these three storytelling formulas. One of them was starting with a really compelling quote. The second one was writing your story backwards. So you start with your, you start by writing the call to action at the end, and then you worm a, a little weird analogy into it. And then the third one was to basically just rip off another, any other story or ideas that's out there and completely personalize it to your brand or service or product. Um, so, so they were kind of three formulas, but in terms of the, the planning process, not really. I think it's because it's because I've always been I've always been a writer really since I was a kid. I've always been coming up with you know, little poems and stories and whatnot. So that kind of creative creativity and you know I've got the ability. I've always really had the ability to just kind of close my eyes and think up 
weird and wacky scenarios that, that are perfect when, you, when you're telling a story. So I suppose I'm lucky in the fact that, that that's kind of always been in me. I mean, the ideas themselves can come from anywhere. So I suppose my kind of ideas radar is a little bit more, you know, finely tuned than most. So I'll, over, oh, I'll be watching something on that, you know, I'll be watching Prison Break on Netflix and one of the, the prison guards will say a line and you go, oh, yeah. Wow, he's, I've never heard somebody, you know, say something like that. And I'll maybe use that as an intro to a story or or talk about how that's a great link to um, one of my clients' products or something, you know. So just, yeah, ne- there's never never a moment where I'm completely switched off, which is, it sounds sad, but I'm sure a lot of other copywriters and creatives, I suppose, will, um, you know, they'll understand what I'm saying here in that you, there's, there's never really an off switch. Because once, especially when you're working on a client brief, once that's in your head, you're just influenced by everything you walk past and read and see. Like if, if I ever hit a blank page, I'm, out, I'm going out on my bike just to kind of free my mind a little bit and, and, and clear a little bit of space in my mind. But I could see, you know, a sign or a billboard or something. I go, oh, yeah, boom. And there's my idea. Or reading the back of a, I don't know, shampoo bottle while I'm in the shower or any anywhere. It could be the lyric of a song. It could be anything I've seen on social media, all sorts. And I think a lot of the time, the you find gold where you least expect it in, in just a throwaway line that someone said. That might just be, wow, there's there's the opening line to a story. So, yeah, and I always have my phone with me as well. So it's always, I've always got that, my, the notes in my phone are just, are just nuts. It just goes in the notes. And I know it'll probably, probably come in handy at some point. And if it doesn't, I can just look back at it in two years time and go what the hell was I thinking there yeah it's really cool to hear some of the things that inspire you to create those wonderful and wacky stories that you share with us Um, and I think it's a great lesson for us because there's so much out there that we can use as inspiration in marketing if you're switched on and you're looking for it so I've got one final question to ask you in this main section we've focused on social media and storytelling for a large period so it'd be great to chat about your email newsletter to close out which comes out on a weekly basis do you have any tips for growing a newsletter that you could share with us um, or perhaps some things that you include in your emails which work really nicely yeah i mean my with my background being journalism marketing i'm kind of still just kind of finding my way really I wasn't really clued up on funnels or how to grow a newsletter, how to grow an audience, anything like that, until I spoke to another copywriter. Everyone will probably know his name. His name's Eddie Schlainer, and he, he runs verygoodcopy.com. And his newsletter, he's got like 15,000 subscribers, got his own community. He's, he's absolutely like incredible. So I've had a few chats with him over the past few months. And when I launched my newsletter back in September, he was like, oh, man, you've got to get a, you've got to get a funnel going to grow to, to really grow your, your your number of subscribers. And I was like, oh, tell me more, Sam. You know, I'm dead, dead keen to know. And he said, never miss an opportunity to plug it. So at the end of every post, like I'm, I'm quite prolific on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll probably be doing certainly a post a day, if not more. He said, at the end of every post, just put, do you want more like this? Sign up to my newsletter. Always put a link in the comments. So never, ever miss an opportunity. If people have liked your post, got to the end, I don't mean click like, but if they've enjoyed the post and they've got to the end, just turn them into a sort of newsletter subscriber. As soon as you've got them, you've then, um, when you're sending out your email, put a link back to your social media to some articles that people may have missed. So every week, if anyone subscribes to my newsletter, they'll see there's a section here at the bottom and it just says this week's on this week on the socials in case you missed it. And I do links to three of the articles that people may have may have missed that week. 
And all I say is, if you like them, click like, comment, or share. And all that does, people are, these people that I'm linking to my social from my newsletter, they're already obviously subscribed to the newsletter. But what it does, if they like, um, if they engage with the post back on social media, it's opening my post up to their network a little bit more. And, you know, it might only be a handful of people might see that post within their network. And then if they're not a newsletter subscriber, they're going to read it, click it, and that's how it grows. And it's just that kind of circular funnel, which it was like, wow, it's the best thing I've ever seen because I've, I've obviously not really got much of a, a background in marketing. And then when I kind of Googled it and read up on it, it's like, it's like you know, the basics. It's what you learn in class one. So I felt a bit foolish, but yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the one kind of the, the one glean of of um, genius from Eddie that I'd want to share on how how to grow your newsletter. It's just like this, yeah, self fulfilling kind of growth loop, I suppose. Yeah, awesome. I really like that part in your newsletter um, where you do include links to those social media posts. It's really helpful when you've had a busy week or you haven't been on LinkedIn, for example, and then you can read up on what you've missed. And I will drop a link in our show notes so that our listeners can subscribe or you can also head to thewordman.co.uk or send Dave a connection request on LinkedIn if you do want to learn more and read up on those stories. So we're going to wrap up the main section of our chat right here. I have got two quick questions that I'm going to be asking Dave before we finish off. So stay tuned for a few more minutes. So there are two questions that I ask to everyone that joins us during this closing section and they're always really fun because we get such a wide range of answers. So the first one Dave is do you have a memorable story that jumps out when you look back on your career? It could be something funny, embarrassing or inspirational for example. Yeah there's, there's one in particular that is kind of, would you call it karma? Yeah let's call it karma. The karma side of the story has, has finally kind of been realised just like last month when I did that talk. So back when I was in-house working uh, as, as the, the editor of the customer newsletter or the customer magazine, sorry, one of the old bosses there, I remember him telling me, to be taken seriously in business, you've got to stop seeing everything as a joke because people, people just aren't going to take you seriously. Because I was the type, you know, I'd be sitting in meetings just when, when somebody had used some kind of, you know, businessy lingo and, you know, waffling on. I'd just be sitting there kind of shaking my head and wanting to cry inside because I just know it. that's, that's not the way you, you communicate. It's not, for, for me, it, being open and, and kind of really honest and straightforward has, has always been the best way to do business. And I find humour is always, for me, it, it, even again, since I was a kid, just being around my mates and my family and stuff, everything was a, a laugh and a joke. And it's always just been that kind of icebreaker and the way of, connecting people and as soon as he said that I was like you know being being a little bit silly and seeing the fun in, in stuff it's it's not a barrier it's not it's a connector and I, I remember yeah I remember that that vividly stood out so the, the thing I was saying about karma it's kind of come full circle because yeah last month there's me doing a, a webinar to I think there was like 600 people watching and I was speaking about the importance of telling funny and silly stories to engage your audience on social media. So it was kind of, you know, there you go. You told me I couldn't be silly and, and do business, but I'm, I'm kind of proving it that you, you can. So yeah, it was, a, it was a nice kind of end to that end to that story. Yeah, great story. And everyone that was on social media that week will probably have only seen your name because uh, everyone was talking about it. So it does prove that comedy and humour has an important role in business. 
My final question then is, do you have a favorite resource that you think could help our listeners? Could be a newsletter, a hardback book, a podcast, or something that you enjoy. Yeah, I've got one, and it's a book. It's incredible. It really is. Yeah, the book's called Copywriting Is, and it's by Andrew Bolton and Giles Edwards from an agency called Gasp. And I think there's a a little pricey at the bottom, which says 30 thoughts about copywriting or I can't remember what the, the kind of opening line is, but for me, when you open it, it's it's less of a kind of how to how to do this, how to be creative, which a lot of copywriting books are, and it's more it, it kind of takes a step back and it makes you wonder why and how we write and how we get ourselves in those kind of moments where the kind of creative genius can flow. So, yeah, it, it just makes you think twice about stuff like the importance of just finding a few quiet moments, especially for copywriters and agencies. You know, it's just like it's a million miles an hour, isn't it? And everyone's rabbiting on. Unless you've got your headphones on, it can be a little bit nuts. Whereas, yeah, there's a great, great chapter about finding that silence just to really allow you to, to focus. Um, and there's, there's other chapters about, you know, why it's good to let your mind wander and how how to get over a blank page. And it's, yeah, it's 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 less of a kind of guide and more of a, it just gets you to, to think twice about stuff that, you've probably been taken for granted. If you're a copywriter and you've been doing it for a while, you've, you've probably been taken for granted. And even if, you, even if you're new to copywriting, just great little, little bit of inspiration and insight into the kind of, uh, you know, the things you should really be, be thinking about rather than just back to what I said before, plowing straight into the copy and try, always trying to persuade. And, and you forget those kind of magic moments which Andrew touches on in the book, which are really where the best ideas come from. So yeah, brilliant brilliant Uh, copywriting is yeah that's great thank you for sharing it with us i will add a link to that book in our show notes as well as dave's linkedin profile and that link to his email newsletter we are going to wrap up the episode right here so thank you for joining us dave and i've had a wonderful time chatting with you and talking about copywriting yeah cheers liam my pleasure mate enjoyed it no problem so thank you to everyone for listening i really appreciate your support as always We'll be back next week with my final episode as host. I know that we have a wonderful episode lined up to close out. So have a great week and I will hopefully see you then.